We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a solo recap of tonight's game. The Nets fell to the Raptors 133-97, arguably the worst loss of the season. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. And like I said, you know, arguably the Nets' worst loss of the season. Two days ago, the Nets maybe had their best win of the season against the Bucks, led by Kyrie Irving's 38 points. And in between all of that, we got the notifications from Woj and Shams back-to-back. Woj drops the tweet. It looks like Kyrie's going to be able to play home games. A few minutes later, we get hit with a Shams tweet that says, due to the private sector mandate, Kyrie will not be able to play home games yet. And it becomes kind of a matter of when rather than if. And it's just all over the place for the Nets right now. And even you know before the game, we got the update that Steve Nash was in covid protocol so Jacques Vaughn coach tonight's game it's been a roller coaster three days and essentially a roller coaster season for the Nets just everything that's been able to kind of go wrong for this team has somewhat gone wrong and that can go all the way back to last season in the Buck series and all the what-ifs and the continued what-ifs from the James Harden trade to the injuries that they're dealing with right now and the issues they're facing on you know a, a game-to-game basis and tonight it was a rough performance. You know, there's no other way to put it. The team just didn't come to play. I think, you know, the first first play of the game, you know, is a great example of what happened over the next, you know, 47 minutes and change. You know, Nets win the tip. Bruce Brown gets the ball, passes the ball to James Johnson. James Johnson casually dribbles, you know, behind the back. Scotty Barnes grabs it turns into a transition play, ends up with two free throws. And that was kind of the theme of the night. You know, the Nets were casual. The uh, the Raptors were aggressive. You know, they played their game. They brought the physicality. They, pl- they brought the tenacity. They played hard. Yeah, they had, you know, arguably their best night from three this season, you know, 18 to 38. And a lot of guys that don't knock down threes, you know, Thad Young, Precious Achua, uh, Chris Boucher, like a lot of these guys don't knock down threes at this rate. But still – the Nets can't even look to that as the reason they lost this game. They just got outplayed. You know, this is a game that was important for both teams in the standings. Raptors at number seven, Nets at number eight. And the Raptors wanted this game a lot more, not even a little more. And obviously, Nets without Kyrie, out without KD, without Ben Simmons, without Joe Harris. But, you know, the Raptors were out without Fred Van Vliet and OG Anobi. You know, like, 
two of their best players. So there's no excuse to get blown out by this team. It's more so, you know, if you lose the game by a couple and the Raptors, you know, have a historic night from three and, you know, you lose by 10 or 15 or, you know, even 20, but getting blown out by 36 to this team, you know, that's just not acceptable for where the Nets want to be. They want to be a championship level team. Guys are going to have to come to play and they're just going to have to step up. And, you know, the only guy you could really look at tonight and be like, you know, he had a good game. He came to play. Is probably Bruce Brown. You know, Bruce Brown finished the game with 14 points, 5-11 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block, 3 turnovers. And he just brought the tenacity, he brought the energy, he brought the aggression and the willingness to make plays. And there was just urgency in his game. And it's really hard to say that about other Nets. You know, I thought Andre Drummond was solid. He had his impact on the boards, but there's obviously deficiencies to his game. Raptors did a great job of kind of taking the ball out of Seth Curry's hands. He had a couple nice passes in this one, but guys weren't able to step up. And, you know, another guy who continues to struggle, Patty Mills. You know, Patty Mills is still in that shooting slump. Three points tonight, one of eight from the field, one of six from three, three assists, one rebound. And we get it. You know, Patty is overworked, overused, but you need him to give you something on the court. If not, it would just make sense for the Nets to find some rest for this guy, especially with Goran Dragic coming in. You know, you add another guard to the rotation, you could probably find him some refs before the postseason, or maybe that's something you wait to do until you get KD back or Ben Simmons or uh, Kyrie full-time. But like I said, overall, there's just not many things to be happy about from this performance. You know, the Nets just got consistently outworked and got outplayed and, you know, outcoached in this one. Like I mentioned earlier, Steve Nash uh, was out with a COVID protocol and Jacques Vaughn stepped in. And I don't think Jacques Vaughn did a great job either. You know, I, I can't say that really there's anything to take away from this game and be happy about. The, the best thing I could probably say is the consistency from Bruce Brown post, post-trade deadline and the, he, the level he's playing at and also the confidence in his three-point shot. That's arguably the most promising thing. And, you know, you could say some of these guys, you can see what they can do without with, with the Stars when they're back on the floor. But right now, without them, you can see the struggles, especially against a great defensive team and a great coach team and Nick Nurse, who just constantly put pressure on a team that lacked ball handlers. And Goran Dragic, still getting in shape and getting his conditioning right, only played about 16 minutes and change in this one. Maybe you look to play him a little bit more because you need that ball handler, that facilitator to run the show against such an aggressive team like the Raptors. But overall, I'm not sure that would have been enough given the urgency and lack of aggression and lack of physicality from the rest of the team. And it's really frustrating given where they're at and the wins they need to get. But some of it's just kind of like, ah, does it really matter? Because, you know, KD is going to be back, you know, Ben Simmons, hopefully back at some point. And same with Joe Harris. And like I said earlier, it's a matter of when with Kyrie Irving, when he's able to play in Barclays Center. So not not anything to write home about or a game that you ever want to rewatch. I'd be surprised if the Nets even watch film on this game, considering how bad it really was. But you know, you, you take the blows, you face the Raptors tomorrow, you hope that you can bounce back in Toronto and have some level of respectable play. But who really knows? Because it's not like you're getting reinforcements for tomorrow. Kyrie Irving will not be in Toronto. He's not able to cross the border. Uh, ben Simmons isn't ready yet. And Kevin Durant is still, you know, uh, rehabbing. It looks like we'll see KD either Sunday or Thursday based off of what Steve Nash said. So, it's it's difficult and it's a lot of waiting and it, it feels like every game that the Nets lose it's just becomes a little less likely that they're going to win a championship this season and obviously I could be completely wrong and they get all three guys back and they build up that chemistry and they go on a run but I think the percentages go down a little bit 
every time we don't see the new big three take the court together because there's going to be some time needed to gather some chemistry and also just find rotations that work around those three players and an understanding of that. So like we've kind of talked about Jack and I in a previous show, at least 15 games I think is what this group would need to kind of find some type of rhythm and some type of chemistry. So uh, we, we go with the flow right now and hope that the guys get back and it doesn't become, I don't want to say a wasted season, but another season of what if. But kind of just touching on some of the mandate stuff, I think we've seen a lot of frustration from the Nets, from Kyrie Irving, from fans, even from some media members, and even Adam Silver kind of you know mentioning how it doesn't seem fair and rational and logical in terms of how uh, the mandates have worked. And even this scenario seems even more illogical and less reasonable. You know, the fact is that Kyrie Irving can attend a game at Barclays Center and sit courtside next to his teammates, but he's unable to perform on the court. It just, it, it seems ridiculous at a point. It just doesn't really make much sense. And the science obviously doesn't back that up in any way. And it's still been the point all season long that opposing players can come in Barclays Center and play a game and it's no issue. And uh, I think Nets fans and Nets organization and Kyrie Irving and his teammates probably just continue to get more frustrated and more frustrated every game, especially as the losses pile up. And especially when they have Kyrie on the court, they have a chance to beat not any team in the league, but they have a chance to beat some really good teams. And, you know, we saw it in a matchup with Golden State a few weeks ago. We saw it this past weekend against the Bucks. What he can provide this team, not only from his production, but also as a leader and a guy that alleviates the pressure off other players is huge. And I think a lot of these guys are role players or secondary players or guys that can, you know, run the show for a little bit. And when you have a guy like Kyrie Irving, that allows guys to step their game up and it takes a level of pressure off of them. And it takes a level of focus from the defense. You know, all eyes are on Kyrie. We saw in that Bucks game, there was possessions where, you know, three Bucks defenders are watching Kyrie and he's still scoring the basketball and you're seeing open shots for other guys. And I think it also helps the team morale. You know, there's, there's just gotta be a perspective or a feeling on the team is like, Hey, if one of our two stars and Kyrie or KD step on the court or suit up tonight, we have a chance to win that game. And without them, everything becomes that much more difficult. And yeah, you can squeeze out some wins against some bad teams. And the Raptors, I'd probably say, are you know an above average team, but they're not the cream of the crop or a championship level team. And you know they're the matchups where you hope that they can be competitive without the stars. But with a star in this matchup, you feel like the Nets probably win this game or have a good shot of winning it. And I think it's just kind of a, a a drop down effect where, you know, everything just gets impacted a little bit. The next thing gets impacted. And then from a stamina fatigue perspective, it just keeps adding up, adding up, adding up. And then next thing, you know, you know, a couple possessions, a couple games later, you're, you lost a game where you're on a losing streak and that's where the nets are at right now. They were driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They desperately need reinforcements, whatever it is. You know, is that Kevin Durant on Thursday? Is that Kyrie being able to play, you know, in home games moving forward starting this month? Or, you know, even Ben Simmons just getting back in the court. And, you know, we did hear some stuff on the Ben Simmons front from Ramona, uh, Ramona Shelburne in terms of, you know, his ramp up. And it's been discussed by some different people in terms of where he's at. It seems like he was conditioning with the Nets trying to ramp up had a, a flare up in the back. Nets kind of got him more into physical therapy and taking care of that. And it looks like he's going to try to ramp it up again this week, which gives the possibility of maybe him playing next week. I think as it gets closer and closer, him playing the Sixers looks less and less likely, which is obviously frustrating, but it also could be the best scenario for Ben, especially if he's not 100% by that time. And a bad performance could obviously have a substantial negative impact on him. And we're just hoping that when he is back and he's ready to go, he's able to bring, you know, what the Nets need. And I think tonight's matchup kind of displayed some of that as well. You know, they need that athletic body type. They need that length. They need that defender. They need that guy that can, you know, make some plays and also, you know, provide a little bit of toughness and play a little bit like an asshole. I think sometimes the Nets get punked. They just don't play with that level of toughness, urgency, and aggression you see from other teams. And I think that impacts the whistle sometimes. And I know the Nets – you know, based off of Nets Twitter and the fans, you know, the, the whistle isn't great. And I think some of that is style of play and also just lack of aggression and physicality at times. And it feels like the Nets kind of are always on this in-between and then occasionally try to turn it to one end or the other. And the refs kind of look at that with, uh, you know, either them playing too lackadaisical or not playing with enough aggression or them playing with too much aggression and physicality instead of, you know, that level of consistency and that, you know, that balance. So, We'll see what happens with the team. Like I mentioned, obviously the matchup against the Raptors tomorrow, a back-to-back and no reinforcements coming. You're just looking for guys to step up. And also I think you're looking for coaching adjustments. The Nets weren't prepared for the pressure that the Raptors brought. You know, even in the half court, the full court pressure, and just the guys weren't in the right spots. And some of that is also just new teammates. Like we've mentioned before, there's a lot of new guys in this team. There's lineups that played tonight that we haven't seen all season. You know, you've, you've added – you know, three new players currently in their rotation over the last couple weeks. And then you have Ben Simmons coming in. Then you have Kyrie, who's only played the road games. And then obviously Kevin Durant. So just a constant moving parts for the Nets. And it just makes it tougher and tougher as they progress and look to get a playoff spot. But as things get closer and closer to the end of the season, it looks like a play-in spot could be really likely. But again, you know, Kevin Durant, when he is back, changes everything, and he can change the the game the same way that it did, you know, with Kyrie Irving against the Bucks, just allowing guys to be in a role that's more comfortable for them, taking the pressure off, and also those possessions that don't go well, 
they can end up with a bucket because you have a shot maker like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. So like I said, you know, this situation, it can go one of two ways. It can turn into maybe one of the greatest seasons in Nets history where we get all the stars back and we're able to make a real run and win a championship this year, or it turns into another another what if season where, you know, guys aren't healthy, they're not able to gain that level of chemistry to make that run, or, you know, guys just aren't able to get to 100% of their playing ability. You know, even looking at a guy like Ben Simmons, who's still trying to ramp up and get back on the court for the first time this season, you know, we're in, we're about to be entering March. So there's a lot of question marks, but the Nets potentially have answers to those question marks. And even just the addition too of, you know, getting a guy like Joe Harris back. And I think we'll probably get an an idea of what's going to happen with Joe Harris within this week. You know, it sounds like he's been practicing with the team. It sounds like there's potential for him to be back. It's a matter of, is it worth the risk? And can he handle the pain of the injury? So a lot of questions, like I said, possible answers. There's promise. There's, there's also reason to be concerned and we still don't know when Kyrie's going to be back on the court in Barclays Center, and obviously the Nets have been pretty bad at home this year, and it sucks for the fans. But overall, like I said, we just kind of wait and see. And, you know, worst-case scenario, this season doesn't go well. We do have next year. All these guys are under contract. We get that full off season, But hopefully the team bounces back and tomorrow's matchup with the Raptors and at least shows some fights and competitive, competitiveness and gives them gives themselves a real shot at winning the game late in that fourth quarter. But as always, big thanks to everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms.